Welcome to the Language 180 podcast, where we talk about gospel fluency across cultures. My name is Preston, and I'm here with my co-host, James, who is a language coach in South Asia. And today with our guest, we're going to be talking about some themes found in my book, A Thousand Cups of Tea, The Field Guide. This is one of several episodes featuring themes found in my book. Yeah, thank you, Preston. Today we are here with a language coach from Southeast Asia. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and your experience with coaching and, and learning second languages? Yeah, um, we got to Southeast Asia in 2006. And yeah, when we got here, I thought I was going to be a really great language learner because I'd always been a really great student school had always come easy for me, but the truth is I was just an average language learner, and that was a very humbling experience to learn that this is a lot harder than I expected, and also a lot more important than I expected. So when they asked me to serve as a language coach, I really had a heart for understanding people who found it not as easy as they expected, but helping them to find the motivation and the pathway forward in spite of the challenges. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's great. Um, And and really, we are all called out here, aren't we? Can you um, maybe discuss for us for a minute or two about maybe the relationship between the idea of biblical fluency and our calling to do the work that we do out here as we develop gospel fluency or learn a second language or learn more language skills? Yeah, when when we've been out on the field uh, about five years my wife and I, we reread Henry Blackaby's Experiencing God. And when we reviewed that, we remembered, you know, 20 years ago when we went through Experiencing God, God really transformed how we lived. And we'd forgotten to live according to some of the realities that God showed us in his word at that time. And one of the really important realities that he reminded us of is God speaks and then we adjust our lives to follow him in the way that he's spoken. And so when we come out here on the field to do what we do, and language is a part of that, it's because God has spoken. He has called us to do this. And so we're not just language learners. Many people go to other countries and try to learn language for a variety of reasons. But we, our role as language learners is informed by our role as disciples. I try and remind our language learners all the time, you're not just a language learner, you're a disciple who's a language learner. The same for our language coaches. You're not just a language coach, you're a disciple who's a language coach. And that really changes the experience. Like, how do we do this process of language learning? Our strength comes from a different source. Our purpose comes from a different source. Even our motivation, every word that we learn as a disciple can be an act of worship. Like learning to say a noun, learning to say a verb as an act of worship, doing it as a disciple who's a language learner really changes the experience of of entering a new culture and learning a new language. You know, I, I love hearing you describe that whole perspective of being a disciple who happens to be a language learner. I mean, it just changes everything, the way we go about learning language. And um, I wanted to circle back to something James mentioned that you touched on as well, but just hear a little bit more about this whole idea of biblical fluency. So what does it mean for us to actually reach biblical fluency as language learners or as disciples who are language learners and then put it into practice as cross-cultural workers? Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think Uh, Maybe the best way for me to describe how I see it is just to share from my own experience. Like I said, I was only an average language learner, and so 
along the way, I was really intimidated at first by learning the scripture in our language. It has a high formalness to it in the text that's really different from the spoken language. So when I looked at it, I thought this is going to be like learning a second language. Uh, so my first approach was to try to describe what scripture was saying in my own words, to try to like describe or explain John 3.16. Eventually, um, you know, God was gracious and helped us to overcome that intimidation and begin to dive into scripture. And I found there's such a difference between being able to open up God's word with somebody and show them John 3.16 or quote John 3.16. You know, we have a core conviction that God's word is living and active. And my testimony is there's a lot of difference between talking about John 3.16 and sharing John 3.16. Um, that learning to meet with God in his word on my own equips me to be able to meet with God when I over his word when I'm with somebody else. It, that biblical fluency is a huge part of what we need to develop to be faithful with our calling. I love to hear uh, your testimony. It's just really, it really is encouraging about how you just figured it out as you went. And, and I'm sure you had coaches and, and encouragers there to walk alongside you. So if you could kind of swap roles, if you put yourself in the position of the coach, I mean, which you are, but Talk a little bit about what it means to you about being a lifelong language learner and taking a lifelong learner's posture and how we would do that. Yeah. Um, in addition to being a language coach, I'm also a team leader for our team. So we are trying to put using biblical fluency, using gospel fluency into practice on our own team. And so when I coach, I am sharing what I personally have found that I needed. I needed somebody to show me how to get past that intimidation about learning the scripture, learning the formal language, learning the literary style. I needed somebody to help me to see the value, to be able to find my way through it, and then to celebrate with me that we had done that. So now as a language coach, I tell anybody that I can, like, I'm still learning. And here are some of the really important things that I have found along the way that help me and my role on our team. I think they'll help you. And if I if I could just give one piece of advice to people as I'm coaching them, it is at some point you need to begin to have your quiet time in the Bible in your language every morning. At first, you might feel like it's not actually meeting with the Lord. It's just a language lesson, but that doesn't last very long. If you begin to meet with the Lord in the Bible, in your language, every morning as part of your quiet time, and you pray to the Lord in the language as part of your quiet time every morning, you're really set up then to meet with the Lord and others over his word and to pray with others in the language uh, when you go out. That is probably the thing that I've done that has helped me more than anything. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that aren't language coaches, but they've got a lot of language experience and they too could say, Here's the thing that made the biggest difference to me in being equipped for gospel fluency in the language. Even if they're not coaches, they've got a lot to offer. So that being lifelong learners can be ask other people what really helped them and then notice how you can apply those things in your life. You know, these are such great points. I mean, these are like gold nuggets from the perspective of call and purpose, purposeful uh, language learning as disciples and, and biblical fluency. And then just uh, hearing you describe uh, your lifelong learning posture and, and just 
kind of bringing us into that space when you actually have your quiet time in the language and 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 realizing that that as a team leader and and as a language coach you are also you're just putting this into practice and and your example is so um, inspiring for others and and to encourage them to uh, just to be asking others who are who are doing well in language, but also just having really fruitful ministry opportunities. What what are those things that that really have helped you to do well? And I'm hearing those things right now. I'm just so thankful to be able to hear some of these important practices and themes that you have drawn out of not just uh, a thousand cups of tea, the field guide, but just from your own life and from your own experience. I just am so thankful that we've had this opportunity to be able to hear this from you and just interact with you about these these gold nuggets of not just language learning, but what it means to actually put gospel fluency and biblical fluency into practice so that we really fulfill our call. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And I'll just encourage you guys, you're not just podcast makers, you're disciples who are podcast makers. And even this is an act That's of worship. Awesome. Yeah. All right. That That is so true. And we, we thank you so much for joining us today. And we thank all of you for listening to the Language 180 podcast. Join us again soon as we continue to talk about these themes and others as we pursue gospel fluency across cultures.